Hello, Texans. Welcome to the podcast, Texans and Browns, this week, and it's huge. About a year ago, it wasn't quite this week a year ago, it was a few weeks ago a year ago, Stay with me. Deshaun Watson returns to NRG Stadium with the Browns, who were then 4-7 and seven coming into the game. Kyle Allen was getting the start for the Houston Texans, who were 1-9-1 and one heading into that game. Texans hung in there a bit, picked off Watson, but lost the game, we all know. But neither team alive for the postseason. Now we have a very different situation. This is basically a playoff game. And by the way, right after that game, if I told you, okay, about a year from now, these two teams would be playing again at NRG Stadium. You knew the Browns were going to be on the schedule because you know the schedule in advance, most of the opponents anyway. So you knew the Browns were going to be on the schedule, but you didn't know when. But if I told you it was going to be Case Keenum versus Joe Flacco, then you would have thought, what? And obviously we'd all love to see C.J. Stroud. We expect to see Case. We'll see when we get out there, of course. But it is a very different situation for both of these teams. And both of these coaches are coach of the year candidates. Now, Kevin Stefanski has gone through four quarterbacks, numerous injuries. Nick Chubb, the biggest one for them, I think, because he's really the straw that stirs the drink for their ground game. Say what you will about Watson, but he's had two good games for the Browns since he's been acquired by Cleveland, and now he's out for the season. But I think that this is a personal opinion. With no Watson distraction, and by distraction I mean constant questions about how's he doing, what's his health situation, what's his impact on the team, all of that going on. Without all that, they could just focus on football. And Joe Flacco's given them a big lift. Now, he did throw three interceptions their last time out against the Chicago Bears. And again, you might have opinions about the Bears, and many of them might be accurate, but the Bears do play some D. So they played some pretty good D against the Browns, but not good enough because they lost the game. Had a Hail Mary bounce off Mooney at the end of the game. You all saw that probably. On the road, it's been a different story for Cleveland. A little bit tougher to get things going, scoring-wise. So we'll see if the Texans' D can make some noise here, and we'll see if the offense can get something really consistent generated early on and not have to do what they did last week, which was come from a two-score deficit to win the football game at Tennessee. Different week, different situation. You never know what the story will be afterwards. All right, so... Usually on the podcast, I catch up with the voice of the opposing team. Uh, this week, it will be Jim Donovan, who is the voice of the Cleveland Browns for many years, and a fellow Boston University alumnus. That's right. Two guys in the league who do NFL play-by-play were Boston University students at one point in their lives. And I think only Syracuse has duplication like this, so that's pretty strong. BU not known for its great broadcasting on-air stuff. It's a great theoretical broadcasting and communication school. I'll just give a little plug for my alma mater there. But Jim has been missing a lot of games due to a health situation, and I believe it's Andrew Siciliano doing the game. But I thought, let's catch up with our buddy Kevin Kugler. Kevin does the Texans preseason TV, as you may know. He does Fox NFL TV, does Westwood One NFL Radio, Awesome announcer, does a lot of college basketball. He just just did, and we talk about it during this broadcast. He was getting ready for it. Creighton and Villanova this week. So, Kevin, great guy, great broadcaster. Let's catch up with him and talk about this game because he's done a bunch of Cleveland Browns games and whatever else he's up to. Here it is. Kevin, how's it going, my friend? It is going great. Always a pleasure to chat with you and uh, to chat with the good folks in Houston. 
Always great to hear from you. And we see on the Big Ten Network, we see you doing Fox games. So let's talk Cleveland Browns because you have become sort of an unofficial TV voice of the Cleveland Browns (laughs) in recent weeks, Kevin. And you've seen the transition into the mini Joe Flacco era. Let's start there. What are your thoughts on Flacco QBing for the Browns and the results? It it is remarkable to see. You just don't see this very often. A 38-year-old quarterback who had been ignored by every team that needs quarterbacks across this league. He had been sitting at home. He'd been throwing passes with his kids. He'd been trying to stay in shape, but nobody was calling. He thought he still had some in the tank. He wasn't sure. Finally, the Browns got to the point where they needed a quarterback. They decided to call him. And it's been remarkable. It's like he dipped himself in magic waters. All of a sudden, Joe Flacco, 38-year-old, looks more like Joe Flacco, 28-year-old. He's got zip on the arm. He's throwing the football all over the lot. He's thrown for over 300 yards the last two games. And he's led the Cleveland Browns, who are a team that's been decimated by injuries, more so than anybody else in the league. 26% of their entire salary cap is on IR right now, which is the most in the National Football League by far. Nobody's even over 20% outside of Cleveland. And yet there they are, 9-5 and in the AFC and sitting in that top wildcard spot. And a lot of it has to do with their defense. But a good chunk of it the last couple of weeks has to do with the play of Joe Flacco leading him past the Jags and then the comeback win against the Bears. Yeah, they still run the ball well, right? I mean, they don't have Nick Chubb, but they still have guys who can carry the leather and do things with it. And that's a big part of it as well, right? There's no doubt when you've got Jerome Ford who can do a little bit of everything that brought back Kareem Hunt when Chubb went down with the injury in week two to try to shore it up. And a guy who would have no learning curve coming in, he would know the system. Obviously, he's been a Cleveland Brown for the bulk of his career. So you bring him back in. He's got a little bit left. And then Joe Flacco comes in and starts to distribute the ball. David Njoku, the tight end, has really started to blossom with Joe Flacco as his quarterback. They've started to rely on him a little bit more. And he's very athletic, has had some drop issues in his career, but seemingly over the last couple of games, has started to fix that problem. At least he's hung on to the football with a better accuracy number than the last couple of, in the last couple of games. And, and you know what? You give Joe Flacco some credit for that. Amari Cooper still has plenty of gas in the tank. They're an interesting team, but that defense is really the story with the Cleveland Browns. Miles Garrett and that Cleveland defense keeps them in games long enough for an offense that sometimes has fits and starts to be able to get it going. Yeah, we all see what Miles Garrett can do. He's outstanding, but it's not just him, right? They just attack the ball from wherever they're coming from. Well, when we've all seen Jim Schwartz coach, whether as a head coach or defensive quarter in this league for however many years, I mean, it's been decades. And Jim Schwartz is never afraid to bring pressure from any side, from all sides, mix up his pressure, run a bunch of different games up front. They really do a lot of different things with that defense. It's also been hit hard by injuries but they've got a good secondary. That back end is strong. You get pressure from up front, and Jim Schwartz brings that pressure from all over the place. It's really a, it's an interesting setup. Kevin Stefanski's obviously an offensive head coach and has been a very good offensive head coach in his career, and now Jim Schwartz in charge of that defense has really turned that defense into a formidable unit, and despite all the injuries, there's Cleveland. Somehow, I mean, really, nobody knows quite exactly how this is being strung together, and I can tell you, including the coaching staff, because every week they've got somebody else that goes down. They had two starters left from week one in their offensive line. They lost one of them last week in Gobatonio. So they're down to one right now in their offensive line alone. 
that were week one starters. And yet there they are, nine and five, doing it with a variety of different things and a variety of different players. Kevin Kugler joining us on Texans Radio. Quick aside here, as the Bears just lost to the Browns, it was a very close game, coulda, woulda, shoulda, Hail Mary attempt by the Bears. What do you make of them? Because they do play D. There's no question about that. They do have some playmaking ability as well, but the record doesn't reflect any kind of success right now at 5-9. and nine. They've, they've struggled to close games, Mark, and you see that a lot with teams that are, that are trying to figure things out. They're young. No excuses. This league is this league, and you are what you are. You know, as the famous quote was, we are what our record says we are. And what the Bears are right now is a team that's barely hanging into a slim chance at a possible postseason berth, and they're probably not going to get there, and then they're going to have some decisions to make. But I will say, Coach Eberflus has done a nice job with this defense. Remember, he had to take over defensive play calling early in the season when their defensive coordinator abruptly stepped away. And he's done a nice job getting these guys to play. They added Montez Sweat from the commanders and then signed him to a big four-year extension. And Montez Sweat now leads the commanders in sacks and the Chicago Bears in sacks. So that's never happened before. Nobody's ever led two teams in the same season in sacks. We'll see if he ends up in a few weeks as the sack leader for both the commanders and the Bears. But his addition has really turned that defense around. Their numbers in the last six games are a far different cry from what they were at the beginning of this season. And a lot of it has to do with the addition of Montez Sweat. But that offense has really struggled. Justin Fields out of the lineup for four games. They had to go with Tyson Bajit. They went 2-2 two and two when he was out. It's just a team that doesn't really have enough offense to support that defense. And we saw that again on Sunday, they had a 17-7 lead, a rare breakdown defensively, but there's just no margin for error with a team like the Bears. Kevin Kugler joining us on Texans Radio. Kevin, we mentioned Flacco. The Texans just had to play a game without C.J. Stroud. Do you remember a time where you've seen so many reserve quarterbacks playing key roles for teams in the playoff mix, some firmly entrenched in the playoff hunt, like the Cleveland Browns, and the Texans have a pretty good shot as well? I don't remember seeing so many backup quarterbacks factor in this way. I, I don't either, Mark. In fact, every time we go into a city, it's like I feel like I've got to make sure I have great stories on these backup quarterbacks because half of them are in the game. Tyson Bagent for the Bears, I just mentioned him, a guy nobody thought was going to be a starting quarterback in league. made four starts this year. We've seen it in the key in the Texans division, obviously with the Texans. How about with the Colts? Not exactly what they had planned on for their quarterback situation. And there they are right in the mix for the playoffs. Cleveland Browns are using a quarterback, one of their four starting quarterbacks to win a game this year that as of a month and a half ago wasn't on any team. It, it, and it's been this way all across the league. We saw Monday night with Seattle winning a game with Drew Locke as the starting quarterback. It just continues on and on. I've not seen anything quite like this across the league. And I mean, this is, this shows the value of the position, but it also shows the value of having a capable backup like the Texans do with Case Keenum and with Davis Mills. You've got guys there who can pick up the slack when CJ's not able to go in a rare game. And obviously everybody wants to see CJ back, whether you're a Texans fan or not, he's one of the most dynamic and exciting young players in the national football league, but you've got to have that guy who can step in a veteran who can win a game or two for you when you need him to. Texans saw that this week. Colts have seen it. Seattle has seen it. You don't have that good backup quarterback or a capable backup quarterback. You're in a lot of trouble. Kevin, we caught up several weeks ago, might have been a couple of months ago, and I asked you about this. The Texans were starting to make some noise with C.J. Stroud and company and D'Amico Ryans as head coach. And having done the preseason games for years now, and especially this year, 
How surprised are you that here they are at eight and six and right in the thick of it in the AFC playoff chase? I think when we left camp and when we left the preseason, I think everybody thought this team was going to be better. I mean, I, I, the, the, the talent was clear that it was better and it was an improved roster from what we saw last year with the Texans. But I would be, I'd be blowing smoke if I said I thought they'd be eight and six at this point and knocking on the door of the postseason. Uh, that, that was not something that I thought was possible this year. I expected to see it in a year or two. I think D'Amico's the right guy, and I think we all thought that. We all felt it right when we first got the chance to talk with him in the summer. But, I mean, my gosh, the development that we've seen from C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, this whole team has really come together. They're fun to watch, and, I, and, it's, and it's fun to see because I'll, I'll run into people across the league or I'll talk to friends of mine who will say, yeah, have you watched the Texans? They're a lot of fun. Oh, that's a fun team to watch. That's a cool team to watch. This is a team that's, I mean, I, we're going to be talking like this for years now with this young core that's in place for Houston, but it's fun to see, man. I, I, I didn't expect it to be this quick coming out of camp, but I'm excited to see it. I'm excited for the city of Houston. It's been, it's been a franchise that we've all known had the ability to get to this point, and I really just think we're at the, we're at the starting line for the Texans right now. It's, so, it's going to be so fun to watch this race run over the next several years. Kevin Kugler with us. Kevin, give me a couple of the best games you've called this year for Fox. Memorable games, really great games that you're going to remember for a long time. Well, you know what? Last week's Browns-Bears game was fun. Just from the standpoint of a near Hail Mary, you mentioned it, that landed right in the lap of Darnell Mooney. If he secures it, the Bears have a win. I don't know that it's a game that will go down as one of the great games I've ever seen, but two weeks ago we had Vikings-Raiders, and we were three minutes away from the first scoreless overtime game in the history of the National Football League. We ended up with a 3 nothing Vikings win. I'm not going to put that in the Louvre as far as great games in the history of the sport, but it was one of those historic games that you look back on and you think, wow, that's crazy. And then four days later I had Thursday Night Football for Westwood 1, and the Raiders put up 60 points. So I go from a zero-point Raider output to a 60-point output in the span of four days. That's a stretch I'll certainly remember. And then we had the chance early in the year to call the Eagles and the Jets, and it was the Eagles' first loss at the time against the Jets team that uh, you'd have to say that was the high-water mark of their, their season. It's been a rough year for the folks in, uh, in green in New York, and that was really the high-water mark. It was a high-broadcast number for us, so we were excited about that. And it was a memorable game. It was a lot of fun to be there for that one. Kevin Kugler with us. All right, so, Kevin, let's shift gears here to college because I know you do so much college basketball. You do everything. We all know this. So college basketball playoff format versus college football playoff format, where we are going next year with the 12 teams. You like it at 12? You want more? I know we've talked about this in broad strokes in the past, but we're getting oh so closer to this actually becoming reality. Yeah, I, I don't want any more than that. Uh, college is, there's such a, there's a line to where, you know what, I know there's more teams playing Division One college football than the NFL. I don't want any more than that. I don't want the basketball tournament to expand. I, I like where we are with the way things are in basketball and the way they're going to go in football. You could have sold me on a smaller number for a college football playoff, and I would not have argued with that. I, 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 don't, I think four is too small. You could have probably sold me on an eight-team playoff. I, I, you know, I, I, I know where we're going with this. I just hope it doesn't get to the point where it's so watered down that you've reduced the regular season to rubble. Uh, there, there's still value in the regular season, 
I hope there continues to be value in the regular season. I'm not one of those people that thinks an expanded playoff is going to doom the regular season because I work every week in the National Football League, and I know the regular season matters a ton, even with more teams in the playoffs now than we had 10 years ago in the NFL. So I, I don't I don't buy the notion of, oh, if you expand it to 12 to 16, it's going to become some sort of watered-down thing to where it won't matter at all. I just don't want to see it go beyond that. We don't need a 64-team NCAA football bracket. We don't even need a 48-team <laughs> like you see at the Division One, AA, or the Division Two levels. I, that, that's too many. Let's keep it at a manageable number so that everything matters, the regular season and then the postseason. All right, you've been in the Big Ten for a long time, broadcasting games, and I know you're in a lot of these gyms, week to week, that kind of thing. What is the scuttlebutt about the expansion of the Big Ten with the purists? Because you talk to a lot of the school administrators. You can't fight change. It is what it is. It has to happen. But is there some resistance among some of the people who have been there for a long time or some reluctance? How do you see it? What are you hearing? Uh, from, from a purist standpoint, I think there's more resignation than anything else. Not a Not a, oh, I'm going to resist this change or anything else. Just sort of a, yeah, this is how it's going to be. And we're stuck mm-hmm. with this, and this is what it's going to be. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I mean, I'm one of those people that, you know what, if this is the reality you're presenting me with, we're going to make the best of what that reality is. And so I'm going to make the best of that and see what it goes. It's, it's, the, the one thing I worry about is not football and not even really basketball, but all the other sports. It really creates a significant burden on the other sports, and it makes it difficult and I know nobody cares about the other sports from the grand scheme of things. This is all about football. Maybe somebody thinks about basketball along the way, but it's mainly about football. And I, I do think that if you get into the position where you're ignoring completely all the other sports, I really do think it hurts those student athletes and it hurts their opportunities when they're traveling from Piscataway, New Jersey to Los Angeles, California for a midweek volleyball match. That's a tough ask. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In those sports, that is a real tough life. Kevin, give me the next couple of games on your schedule, NFL-wise. I know you have some college hoops. You have Creighton going on tonight. You have a lot of things happening. Creighton-Villanova on FS1 on Wednesday night. We've got Bears-Cardinals on Sunday on Fox. And then Christmas holiday gives me a few days off before we wrap up the calendar year with the Giants and the Rams on New Year's Eve day from New York City, which could be a real critical game for the Rams who are trying to they're right now in the playoff hunt they've got the Saints and then they've got 10 days off before they go out east to take on the Giants the Giants team that's clinging to very slim chances they're probably in the same spot as the Bears and that they won't be in the postseason but the Rams have designs on being in the postseason one of the real surprise teams this year in the NFC I don't think anybody expected to be talking Rams in the playoffs with that young roster coming off a season like they had last year. So that'll be a real interesting game in a week or so. Absolutely. Looking forward to all of it. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. Look forward to catching up soon. Thanks, Mark. Always good to hear from you. All right, there's Kevin Kugler. Always fun to catch up with Kevin. Can't wait for Texas preseason TV broadcast next preseason already. But we've got a lot of stuff to do before that. Three regular season games, postseason, let's get there, and a whole bunch of other stuff in the offseason. Can't wait for it all. I love covering this football team and what a journey this is in the 2023 campaign with the Browns up Sunday, live at noon, Sports Radio 610, the Bull, 100.3 FM, the Texans app, Odyssey app, all the apps. Check it out. Have yourself a very Merry Christmas, great holiday weekend, great holiday season. 
and check out all the other podcasts wherever you got this one. And don't forget to hit subscribe. Have a great day. Go Texans.